Well, it is a blessing to be with you guys again. And let me just pray before I get started, because this is totally unplanned. All right, Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for the privilege to be here in this place, Lord. And it seems like from the way things are going, there's something else that needs to be accomplished. And, and Lord, I want to be sensitive to that. I want to be open to what you want done this morning. So I just pray that you would guide my heart, that you would guide my thoughts, and that you would help me articulate your goodness to these, your people. And Lord, that I might be aware of that as well. Speak to my heart as well. We give you praise in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. All right. Um, I had something else in mind for this morning, and I think God wants to do something else. And I'm, it fits with what I was going to share, just thinking about it here, standing here for just this moment. So I'm going to do my very best to kind of weave these two things together. Um, what I want to talk to you guys about this morning is moving away from the me and getting back to the we. I've been a believer, a Christian, since I was 13 years old. I'm 59 years old. Next year, I will hit the 6-0. Yeah. And um, something real, to be really excited about. It's kind of freaking me out, actually. Uh, shaving the other day, saw my grandpa's nose, and that scared me. Um, uh, yeah. Anyway. But I've been a Christian for a, a long time, um, since I was 13. And... I can't tell you how many times that I've fallen on my face. I can't tell you how many times I've made mistakes. I can't tell you how many times I pursued what I wanted and made a wreck of things. And this morning, I'm going to be as vulnerable as I can be this morning. I come to you guys this morning with a heart that is broken. I come to you this morning with with a burden so heavy. And I did not sleep very well last night. I had such a great, wonderful hotel that you guys provided for me, and I'm so grateful for that. But it was with a tearful heart that I went to sleep last night. And I'm not going to get into any of the details behind all that because that's not necessary. But I believe the reason for what is happening within my heart and life right now is... To, oh, thank you so much, is, to, is just to make me pliable for this morning, to make me soft for this morning. And I think it's necessary for what needs to be articulated this morning, even after I just stood up here and prayed and just sensed what God wants to do. And, and really, I have no idea how to weave what I felt and what I wanted to speak, but I know there's there's... I know it's woven together by God's hand. It's beautiful from every angle of this design, and the design is secure, and I'm just going to rest in that this morning. So when we focus on the me in our lives, which we are so prone to do, and in our culture, we've grown up with the notion that we need to look out for number one. That's a constant phrase that is articulated through life. 
Because if we don't look out for ourselves, who's going to look out for us? We hear phrases like that. And I believe when we make that decision to focus on the me, that's the point that we make mistakes. I believe it's the foundation that leads us to a place of falling. God wants it not to be me. God wants it to be we. Us and him. Us and him more than anything else. I've shared this passage with you in the past so many times, and I I probably said it last year when I was here, and I'll say it again this time. But in Psalm 27, verse 4, it says, One thing, one thing, one, one thing I desire of the Lord. This one thing I desire of God is that I will seek that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. One thing, not these things, but one thing I desire is to commune with God, is to walk with God, is to have fellowship with God. And really, this is something that should be a part of our lives each and every day, not just here on Sunday or when we have our Bible studies or when we have our Christian fellowships and, you know, our Christian baseball games and, or when we listen to Christian radio, but it's something that we should pursue continually over and over and over and over again. Because when it's the we and not the me, when it's myself and God, and even all of us together, us together, making a conscious decision to pursue God and all the amazing things that he is. Such beauty and such wonderful things happen within our lives. And we see his splendor displayed in everything. In our culture in America today, it's seems to be such a hostile environment. And there's so much rhetoric that's happening about this situation or that situation. And there's so much anger being tossed at sides, back and forth. And, you know, this this group of people believes this, this group of people believes that. And there's so much anger and so much frustration and, and so much... Bitterness being flung at each other in this culture in America today. And it's all because of the me and not the we. God desires that we have fellowship with him. And it's from that place that the proper way of thinking is firmly established because it's his way and not our way. We need to get past the me and get back to the we. Not the we game. But the we as in us and God. God loves you all so very much. He loves each and every one of you so much. One of my favorite things to do in life 
my wife and I live in Piedmont, South Dakota, which is right outside of Rapid City. Outside, beyond the, the line of lights, if you know what I mean. Um, I go into my backyard every night because I have to let the pups out before I go to bed. We have two dogs. We have Moose and Shirley. Moose is a Vigla, and, um, and uh, he is... If you know Wieslers at all, they're, it's a Weinreimer German short hair mix. And he is full of energy. Even at six years old, like full of energy. And uh, so he's an interesting um, pup to have. And then, of course, we have Shirley. She's a tiny little dog. She's a Shih Tzu and she's so tiny. And so we have a large dog and a small dog. So I always go in the backyard with the pups and, and I just do this. I look up. Every night, if I can see the stars, I look up every night. I've been fascinated by the heaven since I was 10 years old. Since 1969, uh, the Apollo 11 landed on the moon. And we were living in Hawaii at the time, which is where I got my permanent tan. (laughs) This is the Eskimo part of me, and this is the Belgian part. So, So... my dad was of Belgian descent. He had blonde hair, blue eyes. My mom was full-blood Yupik Eskimo. Uh, you should see my feet, but let's not go there. Um, it's scary. But we were living in Hawaii at the time, and I remember uh, the apartment complex that we had had this wonderful flat roof that was just rocks, and my dad and I used to climb up there with a telescope, and I, was, I would peer through that telescope every night, hoping that I could see the Apollo 11 um, the, the, the spaceship circling around the moon. Of course, I could never see it. But, you know, in my childlike wonder, I wanted to see what was happening up there. And um, I've been fascinated by the heavens ever since. And I think that's something God instilled within me for a reason and purpose. Um, I love the passage that it says in, um, I think it's Psalm 8, when I consider the moon and stars... That's my, by the way, that's the title of my last album uh, that's out on Spotify and Apple Music, if you have those streaming services. Um, Consider the moon and stars. When I consider the moon and stars and your handiwork, oh God, what is man that you're mindful of him? Amidst this wonderful, vast creation above, this glorious, glorious beauty above us every night, how is it that God is mindful of me? In, in the midst of all this, how can he be mindful of me? So I can relate to what the psalmist says. When I consider you moon and stars and your handiwork, what is man that you are mindful of him? But here's the reality. God is mindful of us. And he thinks of us all the time, each and every one of us. It says in Psalm 139 that he knows our sitting down and our rising up, and he's well acquainted with all our ways, for there's not a word on our tongue. But behold, O God, you know it all together. And our frame was not hidden from him, and we were made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Skillfully wrought, skillfully created in the lowest parts of the earth. His eyes saw our substance being yet unformed, and in his book they all were written the days fashioned for us. 
And if we can, if we consider the, the sands upon the earth, his thoughts to us outnumber the sands upon the earth. So God is mindful of us, even amidst this massive, glorious, amazing, breathtaking beauty above us. So I've been fascinated by the stars ever since. And I know now as a believer why, because my heart yearns for to know God that way, to know the vastness, to explore space, <laughs> the final frontier. But that's how much God loves you. It says in uh, Psalm 103, verse 11, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love towards those that fear him. And we know that's the distance we can't calculate. There's no mathematical equation that can be created to calculate how far the heavens are above the earth. There's no way to measure it. It's immeasurable. God's love for you knows no limits. It knows no bounds. And I always like to say that whenever I consider that because that's just like enough information to me to moonwalk around this building like several times. And I can't even moonwalk. That's how much God loves you. We need to get past the me and get back to the we. We need to forsake me and dive into the we. But you know, I never really fully understood God's love until I got moose. Now, Jill and I never had kids. Our dogs ended up being our kids. We've had four dogs all together. Uh, Bo was with us for 15 years. He was a Dalmatian German shepherd. And then we got Aubrey. She was a rescue. And uh, she was a wine rhymer. And we lost Aubrey due to a heart condition. And some of you might recall from past visits, that's a time in our lives where we almost lost everything because Jill and I chose, we made the decision that whatever it took to save Aubrey, we were going to do. And I know some people have debated me about that. In fact, my father-in-law is still not happy with me because we almost lost the house. And even after all the effort to try and save Aubrey, we still lost her. Thousands of dollars. And I never cried so hard that night when we came home at 2.30 in the morning after losing Aubrey. And then we got Moose. He's a rescue, and Shirley's a rescue. Now, Moose, for the first two years of his life, was forced to live in a kennel that he could barely fit in. 22 hours a day. And a friend of mine knew Moose and would come over and let him out. And often he would find Moose lying in his feces. I didn't know this. I just knew that Moose needed a home and he, we were going to give him a home. It was five days after we lost Aubrey. Which might have been a little too soon, but after we lost Aubrey, Jill and I would eat our supper try to watch something on television, not saying anything to each other because our hearts were so broken. Jill would go off to bed shortly thereafter and I would just sit there just going through YouTube videos. And we were told about Moose 
on a Thursday morning, we decided to go meet him on Thursday night, but I told Jill, I said, we're not going to take him home, but I'll meet him. I'll meet him. And it, he was a handful when we met him. Friday night, we have the usual meal and whatever we have. We're watching television. She goes out to bed about seven-ish. And I sit there again, just numb. And my lovely wife from the bedroom yells at 8 o'clock at night, go get the dog. <laughs> so I called up a dear friend of mine. His name is Stuart. And we went and got moose. And we brought him home. So, again, I didn't know about all this stuff about Moose, his past. I didn't know about his situation. I didn't know that he was forced to live in a kennel that he could barely fit in. So he came with a lot of baggage. A lot of baggage. I've been bit three times by Moose. And right there is one of the scars. Jill has been bit three times by moose. Most people would have said we're done because his attacks were vicious. But we made a decision to go through that whole process no matter what it took. And I just kept speaking love over moose. I just kept telling him how much I loved him, how wonderful he is in my sight. I just, I just kept speaking love to Moose over and over and over and over again. And if you listen closely now in this moment, if you quiet your hearts just enough, God is speaking to you right now. And he's telling you how much he loves you over and over and over and over and over again. It says in Zephaniah 3.17 that he rejoices over us with singing. And his song is being sung over you right now, this very moment. Because here's the deal. Every one of us here this morning has bit the hand of God over and over again. But God still loves us. And he's calling out to us. And it's time to get past the me and get back to the we. Come on, iPad. Maybe it's time for a new one. <laughs> Where is it? God loves us so much, every one of us. God's love is steadfast and unchanging. Never changes. God's love comforts us. God's love is revealed to us through the person of Jesus Christ. God's love is poured into us through Holy Spirit. And God's love compels us to love one another. And we get back to the we in that. Because Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment? In Mark chapter 12, verse 13, what is the greatest commandment? He said we are to love God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, and with all our strength. And then we are to love one another. 
So here's a few passages about God's love. Deuteronomy 7 verse 9 says, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. The faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a few generations. No, a thousand generations. Psalm 86 verse verse 15 says, But you, O Lord, our God, merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Okay, you, this, is, this is good stuff, you guys. Is anybody ready to moonwalk with me? We have any moonwalkers here this morning? No moonwalkers here? I remember one time I was going to a church uh, uh, when I was 19 years old. I hooked up with a couple buddies. We were hate, Back then, we hit like every single Bible study we can find in Rapid City. Every night, there was a Bible st- somewhere. This is in the 70s, by the way. Anybody remember the 70s? So back then, there seemed like there was a Bible study everywhere. And uh, it seemed like every Bible study we went to always ended with, Sing hallelujah to the Lord. Sing hallelujah to the Lord. Anyway, so... Okay, all right. So uh, we, we, we were also trying to find the right church to go to. And we went to this one church. That we walked in. It's, it's an old-time Pentecostal church. We walked into this church mid, midway through their worship. And, it, it, like, people in their three-piece suits, guys, and, you know, and ladies in their dresses and in hair buns and men are in three-piece suits. And, but they were going, like, crazy. I mean, they were going crazy in there. And, um, like, pandemonium worship. Like, whoa, you know, doing the, the gospel two-step and, you know, whatever they do in that. I can't do it. My, I do all my dancing on the fretboard. So anyway, maybe I can moonwalk on the guitar. Okay, so um, in the midst of all this crazy chaos and worship, this guy gets in the middle of the aisle and says, hear me out here. Everybody hear me out. Hear me out. God told me to scoot on this penny, and I'm going to scoot on this penny. And people started, like, clapping. He puts it on the floor, and he sits down on that penny and starts scooting on it down. The... Yeah. It was at that point that I looked at my buddies and said, can we go now? Can we, can we leave? Anyway. I have no idea where that came from. We'll get back to the topic at hand. So... Um, <laughs> there was a reason for that. I'm not sure, but we'll just leave it as is. All right. So Psalm 136 verse 26 says, give thanks to the Lord. Give thanks to, to the God of heaven for his steadfast love endures forever. And then of course, Zephaniah three seventeen, which I just quoted not too long ago. The Lord, your God is in your midst a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will extol over you with loud singing. So, now that we know and understand, I just pray that God gives us a fresh revelation of his love towards us. I pray that God would instill within us a new understanding of his love for us. Because it's from that place when we fully understand how much we are loved by God. And church, you are loved. You are so loved by God. 
when we come to him with that understanding, it moves us past the me and it takes us to the we. It takes us to him and me. And it's from that place so many wonderful things are established. So many wonderful things are, are articulated. So many wonderful things are done. We, we, we find out who we are in him. We begin to walk in the calling that he's placed within our lives. We begin to show his love towards others. Because we've chosen not to focus on me We've chosen to focus on we and, and what we can do for the sake of the kingdom with him and me working together. And I want to say to you this morning, I want to challenge you this morning as a church, as a people to get past me. It's time in this day and age. Again, the me always is what brings division. It brings hurt. It brings frustration. It brings anxiety. It causes church splits. It causes anger towards one another. But it's time to get past the me and get back to the we. But it comes from that revelation and that understanding of who God is in our lives and his love for us. So I challenge you guys with, with love this morning to move past that. First and foremost, make that decision in your own heart. And then make that decision corporately as a, as a church. And watch all the amazing things take place in your church, in your relationships with others. And listen, this even is something that we can apply even in our relationship, in our friendships, with our spouses in our network of friends, in our workplace. I, I, I went to Walmart last night and there was a lady that was getting ready to walk through the door and I grabbed it real quick and I opened it for her and she says, no one ever does that anymore. And I said, well, please. And she's like, thank you. And I said, you're welcome. My dad always told me, prefer others before yourself. Watch the amazing things that God will do. When we make that decision. Are you guys with me this morning? Are we a we this morning? Whoa. Excuse me, sir. So pray with me. Father God, I thank you so much for the gift of this day. And a chance to be here in this moment with these your people, God. I pray that you would give us a fresh revelation, first and foremost, of how much you love us, God. And I pray that that would just change everything within our lives. That we would go through out our each and every day with the revelation and the knowledge that you love us with a love that knows no limits and knows no bound. There is no comparison in this world that could compare to that love. And Lord, remind us continually over and over and over and over and over again that it's not about me, it's about we. And what a glorious place that is to walk in. So I pray that you would firmly establish that within our hearts today. And that you would have your way within this place. We give you praise in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Amen.